this is Pod With Me. Either you deal with it or you hear stories from it. Mold, is it that harmful? What can it do to you? What can you do about it? Get ready, because the pod starts now. It's very similar to like weeds almost actually, because it has roots that grow into the building material. It's cancerous, uh, it causes brain fog and lose your train of thought. Uh, it causes respiratory disease and respiratory infection. Definitely can impact the lungs and the immune system. It can also cause chronic allergies where you just kind of feel like you have this onset of a cold that just never goes away. All sorts of skin rashes, uh, chronic fatigue, stomach pains, um, you know, the list goes on and on. A lot of landlords, they don't want to have to deal with that. Let's get a sound check. Are you ready to pod? Let's go. Welcome to the pod, Michael Rubino. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me, Alex. Great to have you on the show. So, Michael, you're on the show because you have a lot of things to say. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is this mold that we're talking about? This is mold that we're talking about. Oh, my goodness. Um, and it's very important. See, I, uh, one of the things that happened to me recently, just last week, the, the floor above the water, the water uh, tank broke and a little bit into my restroom and the top part, some water came down and they said the owner was going to take care of it. And um, they came in with some big fans full of dust to, to put in the bathroom. And it was there for about a couple of days took it out. They had punched some holes in the wall. I don't know what, now it's dry. So now I have to see what the next steps are. But things like this, I guess, happen to a lot of people day by day and the mold could probably creep up on them, right? That's true. Yeah. And, and, and if, I, if I may make a reference, uh, the next step you should take is probably to get a mold inspection to make sure that the person that came in there to dry out the space did a proper job and did dry it out and, and quick enough where mold didn't form. Okay. Thank you. All right. So first of all, where are you from? So originally, I'm from uh, Brooklyn, New York, and now I'm living in Tampa, Florida. Okay. And, um, you know, essentially, uh, it's, it's a, big, a big, humid climate down here, trying to uh, bring, bring awareness to mold and uh, the right techniques to get rid of it and help people heal is kind of what, what I'm all about. How I got into it was an interesting story. I've been around construction my entire life. Mm -hmm. um, my dad, since I'm five years old, he was a, a restoration contractor, mainly for fire restoration. But if you could imagine when they put out fires, they soak buildings in water. And uh, so, you know, mold, mold's kind of a, a big part of fire restoration. And when I started seeing as I grew up, the insurance companies and how they really handled things, um, kind of poo-pooing mold in general, uh, not really looking at the health effects that mold can cause, but just kind of like, eh, throw some bleach on it, paint over it. Um, as I got older and started to see people struggling unnecessarily because of poor decisions that were made, unbeknownst to them, uh, I really started saying, hey, th there's a lot of things that have to change with this industry. In, in your line of work, what is the, like, the worst <laughs> thing you've ever seen? So this was probably the worst place I've ever seen. It was actually in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I, I go into this, this gentleman's house. He was an older Italian man that hardly spoke any English. I actually had to communicate with him through Google translate. And, um, it was, it was, it was a really fun time. I walked into his place and it was, uh, so bad. There were literally mushrooms growing on the wall. What had happened was there was a sewer backup. Uh, apparently the guy, uh, every apartment in, in that entire place 
had a, had a sewer backup. He happened to be on the lowest floor. So naturally the sewer backup uh, came erupting through all of his pipes. And uh, so, you know, I mean, it's sewer backup is not great because you have not only water damage, but you have bacteria present. So it was very, very toxic. And the, and the guy was living there. He was still sleeping there with mushrooms growing right next to him. Um, he was an older man. I said, you know, you have to get out of here. And that was, that was definitely probably the worst. I mean, it was from floor to ceiling covered. It looked like uh, the Rainforest Cafe, and it was not supposed to look like that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. and, and inform us, what are the dangers of living in, in a home that has mold in it? I mean, I, I've heard that it, it's cancerous, right? Is that one of that's yes. the thing? Yeah, it's, it's cancerous. Uh, it causes brain fog and other cognitive difficulties where you, you know, you're, you're really hard to answer questions, um, hard to, you know, think of things. You lose your train of thought. Um, it causes respiratory disease and respiratory infection. So, you know, it definitely can impact the lungs and the immune system. It could also cause chronic allergies where you just kind of feel like you have this onset of a cold that just never goes away. Uh, you know, and all sorts of skin rashes, uh, chronic fatigue, stomach pains, um, you know, the list goes on and on, you know, and the craziest thing is it's so, it's like so many other diagnoses out there. It's really hard to pinpoint the fact that it could be mold. Wow. And, and when you live in an, an apartment building, because I remember years ago, I lived in, in a, in a complex where I thought there was mold in the closet. Um, I, I discovered this as I was moving out to another apartment, but I, for the last month that I was there, I remember complaining and didn't want to do anything about it. Uh, do, do, do most complexes don't care? They, don't, they try not to do anything. Do all, the ones that are run by a, you know, a community complex. Yeah, I would, you know, I would say, unfortunately, uh, it's, it's a difficult topic. A lot of these guys, they want to do things as cheap as possible. And, you know, in, in my line of work, as cheap as possible is not always the right way. And um, with mold, you want to stop, obviously, the source of water intrusion. You want to remove the active growth and colonization of mold. So to, to put that in perspective, mold is a living organism. It's part of the fungi community. It, yes, it's alive. And uh, it's very similar to like weeds almost, actually, because it has roots that grow into the building material. So when you see mold on your wall, it's because it's, it's already rooted into the building material. It started to grow and spread and colonize. Mold, mold is actually microscopic. So by the time you see it on a wall, there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of it present. So it's very, very interesting. And like mold and like, like weeds, as I was saying, uh, it produces what's called spores. Mold spores are kind of the way weeds produce seeds. They get into the air. They land, they find a moist spot, and they start to grow and colonize again. So just like, just like weeds, you can't cut it off at the stem. You have to pull the roots out. So you have to remove the building material. You have to abrasively remove it from the structure behind the building material. Then utilize uh, a botanical disinfectant to disinfect the area, uh, obviously correcting the water, moisture, or humidity intrusion that allowed the opportunity for mold to grow. Then you build it back. That already sounds like a long, arduous process. A lot of landlords, they don't want to have to deal with that. Um, you know, and, and honestly, our society with respects to mold really hasn't paid much attention to mold and air quality in general. 
Uh, so I think that unless you're someone who's really educated on mold and giving the landlord a hard time, odds are they're just going to kind of ignore their request and just let it drag out until, you know, the next guy moves in and somebody says something really. Wow. Have you ever dealt with uh, a place that did that, that just let it drag, but then they have to pay the consequences for letting it drag? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's actually a guy that we now do a lot of work for. He's a, a landlord in New York City. Um, he let things drag on and on and on, uh, didn't follow our recommendations, did things the cheap way, and it all came back the next summer. So finally, he was willing to listen. And he realized that, you know, if he just spent a little more money doing things the right way, he would actually save a lot more in the long run. Because now you're not spending, you know, a couple thousand dollars to put a Band-Aid on it. You know, in his case, it was like a $40,000 problem, but it was $40,000 for an entire building. And that problem would be solved, right? No more mold, no more water intrusion, no more damage. There was a Band-Aid solution that he went with at that time where he spent like four grand. You know, I get it. You spend four grand 10 times to get there, but that's what it would have. It would have been this perpetual problem that would have never been solved. So after, unfortunately, spending the $4,000 only for it to come back a few months later, he finally spent the right amount of work and the right amount of effort to get the project done properly where the problem was resolved. Yeah, there's a, there's a saying, whatever is uh, cheap, uh, it's going to come out more expensive. Yes. I was informed that you have a book. You told me, tell me about your book. Yes. Yeah, so I, I wrote a book. It's called The Mold Medic. And uh, one of the reasons why I wrote the book is because I started realizing that hmm, I'm not going to solve this problem one house or one building at a time. But I got to get the information of what's, you know, what we're actually doing out there into the public's hands so that A, the consumer can become educated because it takes, in order to have any sort of change, the consumer has to become educated, right, to demand the change of everybody else. So that that's part of the problem. Also, you need people that are educated enough to do the service, right? So uh, there's 50,000 restoration companies, and very few of those companies actually know how to do things the right way. We've been kind of programmed by this insurance industry of what to do, what to charge, and how to do it. Unfortunately, what we found out was the insurance industry has been controlling things for the last you know, 30 years, and it's been not being done properly the last 30 years. So we're helping to pioneer and advocate for change in the industry so that people can, can live better, healthier lives. What are, what are some of the top things that people can learn from reading your book? So, I mean, the very first chapter is, a, is actually titled Honda versus Mercedes. And I'll just, I'll walk you through it really briefly. Basically what had happened was I sat down at this, at this kitchen table, a client called me in and said, Hey, I need your help. We did remediation with this other company. We should have went with you, but we didn't. Now we're having problems. It's not passing. There's still mold present. Can you come and help out? I said, sure. I'm happy to, right? I'm sitting at the table. I, I overview what the guy did and I explained to him how what he did wasn't sufficient. It wasn't enough. Right. And what he said to me was, well, this is how I've been doing things for 30 years. I said, well, I'm sorry to tell you, but you know, you've been doing it wrong for 30 years. <laughs> and I started explaining, you know, why, for, for instance, I'm sure you, you've never seen uh, even if you've never seen a mold remediation project, what, what I will describe to you really quickly will probably sound like it doesn't make sense. 
he had painted the underside of the two by four. Uh, and that was it just one side of it. Okay. With, with the treatment process. So in order for the treatment process to work, you'd, you'd need to cover the entire surface area, right? Not just the underside of, of the beam mold actually was cascading around the entire beam. All four sides of this beam needed to be dealt with. Well, three sides, sorry, because one side is uh, bound to another. So I asked him, why would he paint the underside of just the beam? It doesn't work if it's not monolithic and covering the entire surface area. Uh, and his response was like, well, that's how I've always been doing it, right? So it didn't, it didn't really take a rocket scientist to say like, hey, look, you're not doing things properly you know, here's what you need to do. And he's like, well, you know, I'm just kind of like the Honda of mold remediation and you're like the Mercedes of mold remediation. Wow. And I was just like, okay, so this is exactly what's wrong with our industry. The fact that we think that there's levels to this, there's not levels to this. It's just right or wrong. And unfortunately I came into an industry where it was like pour bleach on it, paint over it, you know, it, things were done wrong. And so with mold, it's a living organism. You have to remove it. And uh, that's how, been one of the key elements. How does mold? I mean, it, the the wall gets wet, and then how does it how does it come alive? How does that happen? Well, mold's already part of our ecosystem, so it's out in the soil. It's it's growing on trees. Okay, it's it's part of our 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 everyday life here. So anytime you open your door, you open your window, you're going to have some mold that's aerosolized, that's microscopic, it's invisible, you can't see it, that gets into the environment. So how you control mold from growing inside of your home or building is by controlling the water, moisture, humidity inside the home or building. Obviously, you can only control it to a certain extent. Once out of every 10 years, a person is likely to, un to, to be involved in some sort of water damage event, whether a pipe leaks, an appliance breaks, things like that. So you can't control that. Those things are sudden and accidental, they occur. But that's why you have home insurance for it, right? The things that you can control are closing your windows when it's raining outside. Uh, you know, per maintaining those doors and windows so that they're not leaking. How about, uh, how about a hot, steamy shower? Is that? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if you if you uh, if you're taking hot, steamy showers and maybe they're two hours long, I don't know, right? And you have no ex <laughs> you have no exhaust fan. You know, maybe you had a rough day and you're like, I'm taking a two hour shower and I'm I'm just I'm just kicking back. You know. If you don't have an exhaust fan that exhausts that moisture out of the air, you're it's not going to bode well, you know, because you're basically any any building is going to have drywall component to it or insulation behind that, all things that can get wet. And that much steam over a long period of time could allow moisture to intrude and keep that thing wet long enough where mold can start to grow. Mold can grow in as quickly as 24 to 48 hours. So it doesn't have to be 6 months. It doesn't have to be this long, you know, long chronic leak. It can grow pretty quickly. So it's always important to control the moisture, you know, in the environment. You know what's crazy if you really think about it? We the average person takes 20,000 breaths per day. Did you know that? That's 20,000 opportunities, right? For mold or other particles that are in the air enter the body. Now, we're not meant to be breathing in you know, a high quantity of particles that are in the air. And mold does produce particles. Now, it, interesting enough is the, if you go on the EPA or the American Lung Association's website, you, you type in particulate matter, they'll tell you basically anything smaller than 10 micrometers, the, the danger for human health 
is it's so small that it passes right through the respiratory tract and it enters the bloodstream immediately. Mold happens to be smaller than 10 micrometers. So does a virus, so does bacteria, toxins, things like that. So that's why mold is, is, is a, a, a dangerous and health hazardous component uh, that we don't want to have high quantities inside our environment. And obviously, there's nothing you can do about the everyday molds that come into the, into the house, but you can do something about those molds turning into colonies, mass producing uh, you know, particulate into the air that then gets inside our breathing zone and enters the body. Wow. And what do you have to say to those people that, that know they have mold, but they have these managers that, or landlords that don't care? What, is, what are the steps that they can take? So the, the first step I would take is I would find a really good mold inspector. And I would call a, a mold inspector. I would ask them, you know, um, what their background is. I would ask them about how long they think an inspection will take. Uh, I think that's a really good judge of if they're good or not. If they're like, oh, I'll be in and out in 20 minutes, they're probably not the right person for you. You know, you want someone to do a home, ins like, like a mold inspection as if they were, as if you were buying a home. Have you ever been through that home buying process? Mm -hmm. You get a, a home inspection. You're there for like four or five hours, right? Following the guy around like a puppy dog, trying to figure out what the problems with the house are. Is this house going to work for us, right? That should be the exact same thing. It should be someone who's going to spend multiple hours going through every nook and cranny and making sure that they're checking any for any situations that could be causing poor air quality. With that report you're going to get, you could send that to the landlord. Now that now that they now it's on record. Now they have to do something about it. Got now it. it's not just like I see some dirt on the wall or because, you know, these guys, they'll come in and they'll be like, yeah, I think that's just dirt. That's not mold. And um, when you have an inspection report, now it's irrefutable. I have mold. You got to fix it. Yeah. And how, how much is an, an inspection like that with the mold? <laughs> it's a good question. You know, it basically goes by how many samples they need to take. I, I think it's usually the like industry standard is a couple hundred dollars per sample. So if they come into your house or, or your apartment and they only need to take one or two samples, it's going to be, you know, a couple hundred bucks. But if they're finding systemic issues where they have to take 10, 15 samples, it could be, you know, $5,000, right? What, so what is a sample like in one area or, or different areas, or is it one wall or how, how, what are the samples? Yeah. So basically there's two, there's, there's a couple of different types of sampling. You know, the basic elementary forms of sampling are going to be an air sample and what's called a swab or a tape lift. So with an air sample, the mold inspector is going to take a sample closest to the area they feel is impacted. And they, 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 visually look for signs that show that there's an impact there. They're then, then if they see like staining or something that looks like it's mold uh, growing on a wall, they'll either do a swab or a tape lift. That those, those both get sent to a laboratory. The laboratory is able to tell them what species it is, how much is there. This gives them a really good idea of you know, what's going on in the place. Obviously there's certain species of mold that are gonna be more toxic than others. There's toxic mold, there's allergenic mold, and there's pathogenic mold. New. So there's three different categories that do three totally different impacts of the body. So it's important to know what's there, what health effects there are. And also, usually they'll come with a protocol of what the landlord needs to do to fix the problem, which is nice to send to the landlord as well, so you can have accountability to make sure it's done right. Michael, this has been so eye-opening. So tell everybody where they can get your book. 
Yes, so you can go to the moldmedic.com and uh, you can either buy it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. But I would I would go to the moldmedic.com, check it out there, and decide which uh, platform works best for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, if, if you're if you're in need of remediation and you want some really good resources, free information, go to allamericanrestoration.com. And there's tons of resources like how do I find a public adjuster? Maybe that's something you need to help with an insurance claim. How do I find a good mold inspector? You know, um, what what the health effects of mold are, history of mold. I mean, we have a ton of free resources on there to help people that are in need. So check out both of those websites. That is awesome, Michael. Thank you so much for being on the pod. And Michael, one more thing. Don't Don't fall off off the pod. That's a wrap. Hey, podheads. You can listen to the pod on any podcast app. And if you want to get a little bit more personal, you can download our app. That's right. The pod has its very own app. And if you made it this far, that means I don't have to say, don't fall off the pod. If I don't have to say it, why did I say it? Can somebody...